0: 340B hospitals would get $9 billion in back payments under a CMS proposal. The Department of Health and Human Services and other federal agencies announce an investigation of medical credit cards. And a political fight between the president and some progressive congressional lawmakers stalls the appointment of Biden's pick to lead the National Institutes of Health. It's Tuesday, July 11th. I'm Jay Carlyle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. Hospitals participating in the 340B drug pricing program would receive a $9 billion lump sum payment under a proposal from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to make up for payment cuts over a four-year period ending in 2022. The proposal follows a unanimous Supreme Court decision in June 2022 that rejected the payment cuts to hospitals under the drug discount program put into place in 2018 those payment cuts to program participants were nearly 30 percent. The justices ruled that the differential payment rates for 340B-acquired drugs were unlawful because the Department of Health and Human Services failed to conduct a survey of hospitals' drug acquisition costs, a violation of procedure. In the proposed rule, CMS estimates that 340B covered hospitals received $10.5 billion less under the cuts between 2018 and 2022. The agency said that many drug claims have already been reprocessed at the higher default payment rate since the policy was invalidated, totaling around $1.5 billion in repayments since September. Nearly 1,600 340B participant hospitals will receive a lump sum payment. However, as part of this remedy, CMS must offset these payments to 340B participant hospitals in order to maintain budget neutrality. Across the four-year period after the 2018 payment cut was enacted, all hospitals were paid $7.8 billion more for non-drug items and services. To remain budget neutral with the 340B participant reimbursement, CMS is proposing to offset that $7.8 billion figure by reducing future non-drug item and service payments for all hospitals by adjusting the hospital outpatient prospective payment system conversion factor by minus 0.5% beginning in 2025. The agency estimates the full adjustment to take around 16 years. The American Hospital Association, which was part of the lawsuit against HHS, in a statement both applauded CMS for the lump sum $340, repayment proposal while taking issue with the way CMS is proposing to offset it. The association said that hospitals cannot afford additional Medicare cuts right now. CMS is accepting public comments on the proposed rule through September 5th and expects to issue a final rule by the beginning of next year. Federal agencies announced they are launching an investigation into medical credit cards and other medical payment products. The investigation will be led by the Department of Health and Human Services, along with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, or CFPB, as well as the Treasury Department. The CFPB warned in a report released in May that financial institutions and financial technology companies are generating a growing number of financing methods for consumers who struggle to pay their out-of-pocket medical expenses. For example, medical credit cards and loans previously had been to pay for elective procedures only, but are now being offered more regularly to patients to pay for routine or emergency care. As a result, more and more consumers are facing higher costs associated with fees and interest rates and may not fully understand the terms of these loans. The CFPB found that Americans used medical credit cards or loans with Deferred interest terms to pay for nearly $23 billion in healthcare expenses between 2018 and 2020, resulting in $1 billion in deferred interest payments. The agencies wrote that as part of their inquiry, they will seek data and comments on the interest and fee costs associated with these products, as well as greater understanding of their marketing, application, and approval processes. They're also seeking more information about the trends of medical payment product use, including the total outstanding consumer debt on medical credit cards and whether patients understand the potential downstream consequences, including a loss of bill-negotiating power and aggressive debt collection. And the agencies are also looking for more information about any financial incentives offered to healthcare providers for promoting these products. The agencies are accepting public comment through September 5th. President Biden's pick to head the National Institutes of Health has not yet received a Senate confirmation hearing, as some progressive lawmakers hold out for reforms from the current administration. President Biden nominated Dr. Monica Bertinelli to serve as the director of the National Institutes of Health in May. Dr. Bertinelli has served as the head of the National Cancer Institute since October and has worked to advance the president's Cancer Moonshot Initiative. One holdout is independent Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who serves as the chairman of the Senate's powerful Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. In an interview with The Washington Post last month, Senator Sanders said he will oppose all nominations until he receives a comprehensive plan from the White House on lowering prescription drug prices. Among the changes Sanders is seeking is so-called reasonable pricing language for drugs that are developed by pharmaceutical companies using NIH research. The agency had a similar pricing clause in contracts in 1989, but it was removed six years later. Another holdout is Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts. Warren reportedly wants Burtonelli to sign a pledge that she won't join pharmaceutical company boards after serving in the NIH director role. That's according to stat reporters who were told of the senator's concerns from people familiar with the issue. Dr. Bertinelli is meeting with Senator Warren today, according to the publication. The National Institutes of Health has been without a permanent director since late 2021. Dr. Lawrence Tabak has been in the role in an acting capacity since previous NIH director Dr. Francis S. Collins stepped down in December 2021 after more than 12 years at the helm. Three living NIH directors, including Collins, sent a letter to Senate leadership last month endorsing Burtonelli and urging lawmakers to take action on her nomination. The GIST Healthcare podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.